Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett motion picture, That Darn Cat. Yes, watch out when this cool cat on his nightly neighborhood prowl happens in on this hapless victim of a kidnapping held captive by this bumbling pair of riotous rat finks. And be on the watch for a watch that's loaded with intrigue when that darn cat gets tagged with a timely SOS for help. Then watch out for the wildest when it's Haley Mills who gets the message. DC's wearing a wristwatch. When she collars that flabbergasted FBI man, Dean Jones. When she clobbers romance for Dorothy Provine. I want my duck! Then Haley goes underground to become a self-appointed super agent for the FBI. Touching off the giddiest game of gumshoe a go-go that ever bugged the trail of an undercover cat. That darn cat. Then stand by for action when she kibitzes with the chief of federal security. Kelso, I want you to set up a surveillance and tail this cat. Tail the cat. There he goes. What? Oh. It's a cataclysmic comedy riot. Hot on the track of the coolest undercover cat that ever foiled a kidnapping. Come back here, you darn cat! Watch out! For that darn cat! It's a cataclysmic comedy riot from Walt Disney! That... cat! It's coming at Christmas time from Walt Disney! Welcome, everyone, to a what is going to be an entertaining episode of Be Kind Rewind. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and we have not one, not two, but three people talking about the movie tonight. We have the original, the OG, Ichabod Bones back in the house. Oh, a very entertaining episode. That was yes. terrible. No, that was a very good episode. What are you talking about, my friend? That was supposed to be like a leprechaun or something. I don't know. I destroyed that. <laughs> I thought you were trying to be the um, Apu off of The Simpsons. That was where I went oh, no. with it. No, he's been canceled. They've canceled The Simpsons? Yay! No, they've canceled <laughs> Yeah, right. And we also have the third member of our Three Amigos band, which would be... Kyra Hawkins? Yes. So it has been way too long since all three of us have been together discussing Disney movies of any kind. 
And so I figured what better way to start off the show than with a little bit of um, feedback that we've actually gotten from listeners. Well, actually, it's not really listeners because it's all coming on Icky's YouTube channel. So what would that be? Watchers, subscribers, viewers? Viewers, yeah. Okay. Our first one actually comes off of the Melody Time episode. And this is from... And I'm probably going to butcher your name, so I apologize. Sequin. Sequin. That's exactly right. Okay. So it's so it's like the little jewel, but not spelled. Yeah, it's a, right. Exactly. She does crafting and makes stuff, and, right. and she goes by Pixie. That's actually her quote-unquote name. Well, Sequin, we are glad that you are enjoying things on Icky's YouTube channel. She said that Melody Time was super entertaining. Thanks for sharing. I love the thoughts on classic Disney and how you guys end up going on tangents. Definitely kept my attention while I worked on my art journal. So I wanted to say thank you for listening. Thank you for watching whatever it is that you're doing while you're doing your art journals. Um, We have a lot of stuff in the pipe. So we hope that you will let us know what you think about the other stuff that's going to be coming down in the next few weeks, months, years, depending on however long. And Icky has raised his hand. Yes, I've got a comment I'd like to share also, if I may, from Pammy Pandemonium. She watched our episode on Greyfriars Bobby. And I asked a question, have you ever heard of Greyfriars Bobby? And her response was, yes, I live in Edinburgh, and we've had the movie on video for years. It's a cute one. Bobby lay on his owner's grave for years after he passed away. Visitors to the cemetery still leave Bobby sticks and balls by his monument. Hmm. But please don't rub the statue's nose for luck. It's wearing away. That's from Pammy Pandemonium. So let me let me ask you this, Pammy, and you can write in on on this feed. Is the nose kind of a um like a Blarney stone, something that you used to rub for good luck, or you don't do it anymore, or what's the what's the reason that people would rub it so that's a good question that's good i'm actually i'm just going to leave that one right there yeah hopefully pammy is watching or listening and pammy will respond and i am trying to pull up so if we've got other ones icky on gray fryer i'm trying to pull them up and take a look and see what else we've got on here and now this makes for great radio which is why i'm going to try to continue to talk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I skip off. Let me see if I have any more interesting comments in Great Fire that would be. Well, I'm actually just glad that there are actual legitimate listeners out there, because I know there's probably bots, bots listening. Yeah. Trying to make sure that we aren't doing things that we're not supposed to. A lot of them said I haven't, I haven't heard of Great Fire's Bobby, but I'm going to watch tonight for this particular video. And as you so hear, I'm pulling up yours as we speak. Let's see, we got 15 comments on there. So, yeah, the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's actually a good thing that it's actually really nice that we're actually getting people to look into things that they wouldn't have otherwise um, watched or even heard of. Because I know that when we actually did the me- or did the um, episode, neither. Myself or Blake had ever heard of this of heard of Greyfriars Bobby, but then when both of us started looking into it further, we're like, well, this is a pretty interesting um, piece of information on it. So yeah, for sure. 
and it actually looks like there was a re a remake of the of Grey Friars that was also made like late 90s but not by Disney <laughs> and since both well I know Icky calls himself a Disney Disney aficionado and Kyra <laughs> you're getting there by by starting to watch some of the quote unquote newer stuff Mm-hmm. So I have a I don't even know what my words are not working for me tonight. So it's going to be a long and intriguing episode with a Jeopardy question that no one knew the answer to. It is about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. It okay. it utilized technology developed by this company, which was founded in 1853. What was the company? Kyra, since you are the newest player to the game, what is your answer? I have no idea. I was going to say Industrial Light and Magic, but like, I know that's wrong. <laughs> That is a very good guess, Kyra, but that is incorrect. I know. So we will move to our returning champion, Ichabod Bones, who has $6.7 million from this game. Oh, I'm going to guess it's some kind of elevator company. Yes. I've seen a documentary on it before, but I don't know. So I'll just have to go out on a limb and just guess Cone, K-O-N-E, because that's the only elevator company I know of. I am sorry, Icky. That answer is also in the correct answer was the Otis Elevator Company, which the two people that actually guessed wrong guessed General Electric and Kodak. But one person actually did answer the Otis Elevator Company correctly. And I'm trying to figure out when General Electric and Kodak actually got into the elevator business. <laughs> and then abruptly got right back out of the elevator business. Yeah. So. Good one. That concludes our fun and games portion of the show. We will now move into the real fun and games, which is the 19... Let me get to the information. 1965, December the 2nd, so it was a Christmas movie. 1965, Haley Mills Joint... That was That Darn Cat. It did $28 million in revenue, which makes it coming out at $252 million in today's money. It's a hit. Yes, it is a, it's another Haley Mills hit. It's a, it is actually her last Disney movie. Really? Yes, and it is also Dean Jones' first Disney movie which I think we'll be seeing him probably in about four or five movies over the next couple of months. I'm okay with that. I thought he was very funny in this. Yes. So the only thing that I knew about That Darn Cat, which is going to tell you the answer to whether or not I watched this movie, is I knew about the 1997 Christina Ricci film of the same name. <laughs> and I think the only reason that I knew that was because it was playing at Movies 10 for about three and a half months. At Liberty University. Yeah. And I don't think I ever got to it because I was working several jobs at that time. So, Icky or Kyra, is this your first time watching the film? It's my first time watching 
I'd heard of it, um, probably like hearing my parents say something, or I think I was just like very vaguely aware of it, and I actually did not know that there was a remake. Oh, okay, so you're the exact opposite of Icky. First off, I'm the same as Kyra. I don't remember it being at the movie theater. I kind of heard of it, but I've never seen it. I remember that. Well, we will go. All right. So, the synopsis which comes to us care of Wikipedia goes a little something like this. Darn Cat, or DC, is a wily, adventurous Siamese tomcat who lives with young suburbanite sisters Ingrid Inky and Patricia Patty Randall and enjoys an evening route wandering through town and includes teasing local dogs, swiping food, and marking vehicles with muddy paws. One night, DC follows bank robber Iggy into an apartment where he and his partner Dan are holding bank employee Miss Margaret Miller hostage. Miss Miller uses the opportunity to replace his collar with her watch, on which she has inscribed most of the word help, and releases him to go home to the Randalls. Patty discovers the watch on DC and suspects that it belongs to the kidnapped woman. She goes to the FBI and tells Agent Zeke Kelso of her discovery, and Supervisor Newton assigns Kelso to follow DC in the hope that he will lead them back to the robber's hideout. Kelso sets up a headquarters in the Randall's house and assigns a team to keep the cat under surveillance. But, despite multiple attempts and a bugging system, DC eludes them in humiliation humiliating and comedic ways, culminating in a chase that leads Agent Kelso through several backyards and a drive-in theater. As DC ends up winding, as DC ends up trying to open a pigeon cage and is discovered by the ogre, by, by its owner, Gregory Benson, who is in Ingrid's carpool, chases DC and Kelso, and out of frustration, tells Ingrid he is leaving her carpool. The next day, Kelso's supervisor, Newton, shuts down the operation, considering the evidence on the watch not hard enough, but Patty disguises herself as a hippie niece of, the, of her friend, Mr. Hofstadter, the jeweler, and persuades the FBI that the watch is indeed hard evidence. Patty and Kelso rescue Miss Miller and bring the robber, robbers to justice. Subplots involve a romance between Patty's sister Ingrid and Kelso as he joins her new carpool, and a romance between Patty herself and a surf-obsessed slacker neighbor named Canoe Henderson, and the meddling of the nosy neighbor Miss McDougal and her dis disapproving husband Wilmer D McDougal. In the end, it is revealed that the gray cat in the opening sequence and DC are taking their kittens on the prowl, having started a family. The end. All right. Well, I'm going to open up the floor. What was everybody's initial thoughts on the movie? I this was kind of bold, I thought, for a Disney movie. I'm sorry, Kyra. Oh, that's okay. What did you say? I think this was kind of bold for a Disney movie. I did not expect this. This was like... Like something on modern day TV, you'd see like some kind of police drama or some kind of thriller suspense movie. I was surprised, like right out the gate, these kidnappers and all this kind of crime activity going on. I was like, whoa. Well, now, did anybody pick up on who one of the bad guys? I'm pretty sure it was Josh Brolin. 
Like, I'm sure that was Thanos. It might have been using one of the gems to manipulate his base. (laughs) But once it was Frank Gorshin, who actually played in a little TV show called Batman, and he wore a green suit that had question marks on it. Oh, yeah. So, the Joker, the Riddler, yeah. Which, this actually makes two movies in three weeks where we have had a Batman villain. Actually, in a... I almost said a Marvel movie. In a Disney <laughs> movie. So, that was that was the first thing that I actually... That caught me in this movie. And from there on, I was, I was locked in. This was my kind of jam although i don't know why he was always ready to go ahead and kill the the lady that the other guy kept calling mom what was the deal with calling her moms that was so weird yeah it's creepy and the only part that actually made sense was when the snoopy landlord lady came upstairs and told and brought him chicken soup for the mom for the mom because the Riddler had told her that the mom had actually come in from upstate or downstate or somewhere, and she was feeling under the weather, so she wasn't taking any guests. Yeah. So, um, it it was a movie that was ahead of its time, I think, just because it had a kid that was pretty much crashing at two single girls' house while their parents were away. Making sandwiches. Yes. And it had so many subplots going on, which seems like it was ahead of its time. Yeah, um, it had Carpool, uh, well, let me see, one, two, three, it had five different subplots just listed in the Wikipedia. So, and the fact that it actually, it did a good job of interconnecting them all, which Amel did not. (laughs) Um, And it wrapped them all up. Yes. It, there were no loose ends yeah. at the end of this movie. Unlike Moonspinners, another Haley Mills joint. <laughs> <laughs> As Kyra gives a stick-out tongue to that. I it's time to make love. Let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never watching that movie again. <laughs> now, um, as I say that about Moonspinners, um, I, like... Whenever I saw it was Haley Mills, I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but I watched this movie four times in the last week. I watched uh, it twice in one day. Was the reason why you were like, oh, goodness, it's another Haley Mills movie because of your strong dislike for Moon Spinners? Yes. Um, I think there was another one of hers that I had been thinking of, too. I, and I don't super love Parent Trap, which I know... <gasps> I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I like it, but I don't know. There's just something about her. I don't know if it's her voice or what. And that probably makes me terrible. But I just was like kind of, but I loved this movie so much. Well, this movie was ahead of its time in some reason, like I said, with the kid pretty much sacking out. But in other ways, it was your 1950s comedy show because the two bank robbers were in the house and who did they tell to go cook? Right. 
Because that's all that she's good for. So that way she can keep her mouth shut. No, I didn't say that. I think they actually said that somewhere in the movie. Please don't actually go ahead and write the nasty emails because we will read them on air in a future show. At Stay in the kitchen, moms. Make us our steak. Yes. We're just trying to see if everyone's paying attention. Exactly. And speaking of moms, what kind of mom would name their kid? <laughs> I really hope it was a nickname. It, it's got to be a nickname. But it was never mentioned in any of the sub in any of the plots that his real name was Beauregard or something or Constantine, and mom called him Canoe because his name was Canoe Henderson, the little surf boy. I didn't yeah. even know he had a last name. Well, I mean that's because he was he was the love interest. Basically, he didn't need a last name for. For what he was doing until he was caught with his feet up in the garage door at the very end of the movie. <laughs> well, in French, canoe is the past participle of the verb connaître, which means to know or to be familiar with. So, canoe in French means known, someone who you knew or were familiar with. So, there's that. That makes sense. Useless trivia. Well, hey, nothing is useless on the Disney Plus movie podcast. It's just... When I heard Haley, Patty, whatever her name is in this movie, Hi. when I heard her call him Canoe, I was like, wait, I could not have heard that. Right. And I was running on like three hours of sleep as it was. So I rewound it like 15 seconds so I wouldn't jump into the middle of the name. And I was like, no, that's the name. Well, he's into surfing and smoking pipes, so maybe he does have a canoe's. Seems like a, a reasonable connection. Yes. Now, my second favorite person in the movie behind the behind Dean Jones was the next door neighbors, the man, not the lady, <laughs> because the way that he was just like he more or less was saying, "Woman, get out of my face! I don't want to <laughs> hear about this," and she's just well, but. There's two separate and distinct members of the opposite sex in that house. And he's like, click, turns off his And I mean, there are times that the on-off switch would do greatly for many things. Yeah. But the I, I loved him. And then the way that he finally got his revenge at the very end of the movie on her being all up in all their business... Um, I screamed when it got to that part where he like calls the police and tells them that there's, there's, um, a prowler and he's dressed like an old woman. Oh my gosh. (laughs) First time I watched it because I like, I really did scream and like just cracking up. Yes. Uh, Roddy McDowell, Planet of the Apes alumni played the conniving, for lack of a better term, Carpool drive. The first time that we actually meet him is where DC has run in. Actually, no, we see him. He's talking to his carpool buddy about coming over for a duck dinner, which somehow DC is smart enough to overhear, run over, drop down a ironing board a la Tom and Jerry, <laughs> jump up on it, and steal... 
a duck that is sitting uh, is hanging on a string i'm not a connoisseur of duck so i don't know if this is a fine french preparation a la canoe of the canard but i don't i think i would have had a little bit more of an idea of where i'm actually hanging the duck to make sure that first of all the dog doesn't get out and get it yeah because right. because if dc didn't get it the dog was going to end up getting it before the night was out you think so yeah just because Roddy's going to get tired of the dog barking, and he's going to let him out for getting the ducks out on the porch, and then there's still no duck. Um, I thought, so, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, it kind of establishes that DC is a genius. The way that he, like, distracts the dog in the beginning and then mm -hmm. jumps down and eats his food. And I, I put in my notes, like, the opening scenes established that he's a genius and conniving and so when it showed him like kind of I think he like kind of cocked his head when um what's his name was talking about the duck that was like hanging to be mm -hmm. cooked or whatever and um I thought it's no he's not <laughs> and then he did he went and found the duck and it was like he was listening like he knew yeah and see, for some reason, I got this movie and the cat from outer space confused because that's what yeah. I thought, started thinking was that that was this movie because that cat is way too smart for its own good. But obviously, that's a, another movie that Disney made several years on down the road that we will be covering hopefully sometime this year. I think someone at Disney, too, had an affinity for Siamese cats. Yes, because there was several what... Um, Cartoons that have Siamese yeah, cats. Yeah, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm just looking over. My, uh, all right. When Roddy McDowell comes back to try to get the duck after DC has gotten it, he comes in and starts threatening to fill DC's pants full of buckshot. I know that's an expression, but I don't. I know the cat's way too smart, but I don't think he wears pants. And I maybe I just. The buckshot, but I didn't catch a pants part. Yeah, yeah, he said he's going to get a pants full of buckshot if he comes back over. And since. Nine times if I need to, right? Something like that. Yeah. 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 And of course, that's the literal Chekhov's gun because later on in the movie, Roddy's out shooting at DC because DC's somehow gotten. What did DC do to actually make him upset later on in the movie? I can't remember. He fell in the mud, right? So, oh, I don't remember either. Yeah, he was all muddy and covered in mud. Oh, he opens a pigeon cage, or is trying yeah. to open a pigeon cage. That's right. Yeah, and of course the squawking birds causes Roddy to run out and grab his gun. And this is, what, the night number two of Dean Jones following DC on his own? I think so. And so... He thought he's got the the kidnappers slash bank robbers slash whatever they are. And Thanos and the Riddler. Yes. Thanos and the Riddler. Or Coming more, soon more so to Disney Plus. Black Three. What's the guy's name from Men in Black Three? That's the Josh Brolin. Yeah. That I kept thinking of in this movie. <laughs> wow, that was bizarre. Yeah. Thanos and the Riddler coming this fall to <laughs> Disney Plus. Right after the live action of Pepe the Prawn. 
<laughs> Which still, why have they not given us a Pepe the Prawn show? I'm demanding it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Maybe I need to start a petition on Disney on Disney's yes. website. Do it. Start one of those signature campaigns. I'm sure that'll go over swimmingly. No pun intended. Um, when they are in the movie theater, and I know I'm jumping all over, and Dean actually starts running after DC, was it just me, or did cars in whatever year that movie was set in have absolutely no suspensions whatsoever? Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> because... It exaggerated the bounce in that, yeah. Yes, because you had one guy that was sitting there with his girl, and they were both drinking malts, and hers goes on him, and then his goes on her, and it's, yeah. Uh, we had another Edwin movie. Edwin is starting oh, to yes. pop up in so yes. many Disney movies. His one scene in this made me laugh so much, um, just the way that he played that phone call, and I was just imagining what it would be like on set with that, and how do you keep a straight face or not crack oh, up yeah. and completely ruin the shot? Yeah, he was so nervous. It was hilarious. It was so funny. And if this was a, if this would actually have been run nowadays during the outros or during the um, credits, they would have probably had that scene running in like a little window to actually show you how Haley broke character or Dean standing right off scene and you hear him go fall or something. Yeah. So, Kyrie, you said you didn't have a problem with this being the first Dean Jones movie. Right. I don't. I'm. I liked him in this movie. I. I didn't really know who he was. Um. And I enjoyed it. I thought he was funny. So if there's more of him coming, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And and the fact that they put him in as an FBI agent gave him instant cred. Because I think his next movie that is not actually on Disney Plus was Robin Crusoe, or USN Lieutenant Robin Crusoe. They've taken that one off Disney Plus. Because I was actually looking forward to see them try to pull a Robinson Crusoe movie with the U.S. Navy nowadays. Mm. But alas, that is not to be. Um, Since we are talking about the Hofstetter's jewelry, jewelers portion... What kind of an accent did Haley Mills have in that part? I wrote down a very bad accent. It sounded like a Zsa Zsa Gabor okay, accent to me. Okay, but what is Zsa Zsa Gabor? Is that German? Is that supposed to yeah, be... Kind of like a bougie German, Russian, maybe. I don't know. Who who has who come back from Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zsa Zsa Gabor was Hungarian, so... Hungarian. Okay. Something like that. Well, Eastern there, European block. There is your non-Disney Disney trivia for the movie. <laughs> Thank you, Kyra. Um, since you mentioned her accent, like I know that's its own scene, but did you notice like Haley Mills had her regular speaking voice, which has got that British accent, and her sister totally didn't. Yeah. It really wasn't as distracting as I thought it would be, but I did notice it. Well, but maybe she's adopted? Question mark. <laughs> or maybe her mo- they have different mothers, and Haley's mother is a British debutante. They split up, and no, let's not let's not go down that road. Okay. All <laughs> right. All right. Uh, let me see. Well, speaking of Hofstetters, 
isn't it a felony to actually give false information to the FBI? I would think so. Was this really brought into being in the 1960s? Or was did they just not even think about that part? I think you're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just kind of just left that part out. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm getting to the end of my notes that I've got. Um, when moms, and I'm using air quotes for everyone who is watching along at home on the audio, <laughs> when mom sets fire to the wastebasket, that causes, of course, a fire, which Thanos then flips on the light, flips on the fan. <laughs> which then causes the suitcase of money to go everywhere. Don't you think that you would have closed the suitcase like a split second before you flipped on the fan? Because didn't he have to walk past that to turn it off? Or once again, am I just overthinking a Disney movie? I didn't think about that so much as I was like, why did she set the fire to begin with? Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? I think she was just staring death in the face and she was just desperate to do something anything to get the attention of mm -hmm. the outside world like he said a few more seconds and the fire department would have been there then she's good to go mm. but i think the fan spin spitting out the money and we're having the river reach for and grab for it is just part of the part of the comedic effect yeah and then that 20 that fell from and there was a fan on the ceiling too yeah which nobody thought to turn on and then the fan just fall or the twenty just falls down and drops into the nosy landlord's hand, and then the Riddler very casually pickpocks it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that the first time I watched it, and then I saw it the second time, and it's like, oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Now, of course I did. one question since we brought it. Back to the Riddler and Thanos. What was the big deal about the hundred and sixty thousand versus what? What? What did the Riddler say? It was a quarter of a million. Yeah, he said two hundred and sixty thousand. I think something. Like was it because they were going to be splitting it three ways as opposed to two ways, or and so she had to take her part? Who was a third person? Who was? Moms, because oh, they were going to kill her. I mean, yeah. I was I was so confused when they started talking about that it was only a hundred and sixty thousand. Yeah, and he said, "Are you trying to snow me? Like, are you taking more than your fair share of the cut?" Yeah. So maybe yeah. she inflated the number to make it look worse. I don't know. Well, I'm sure we have some bank experts from Southern California listening in on this episode, so they can give us some details as to why money's worth more in California. Or oh, for sure. Yeah. Worth less, or you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> I have one final note on this. When Canoe goes out in his full trench coat, <laughs> um, hat, and sunglasses, like in San Diego, at night, With and his then pipe. <laughs> yes, and yeah. his pipe and a mustache. Don't you think one of those things needed to be left behind? Preferably this, the sunglasses because it's nighttime, and then he might not have fallen into the pool. 
No, I'm glad that he did all of that because it was just great comedy. Yeah. And then when he gets out and he's trying to put his mustache back on and he's squelching and following her, following Dean, following DC. And they could all hear him. I loved that even the cat was like, hey, what's that? Yeah. Now, I just thought of something. When the first night of the quote-unquote stakeout when dc was there they had or when they pretty much had the entire la office of the fbi working this case how many people did they actually have tailing dc and they still lost him when he went under a hole or something yeah well like five or six maybe i think so i think yeah that sounds right five or six gives me very good confidence in our investigative branch of the government. That's all I'm going to say. I just loved when they were like waiting for him to leave at that part where she's like, act casual. And he's like trying to act casual and not really doing a great job. And she's like, be careful what you say. Just, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I think the way I've been sitting here grinning through all of it, it's just like I'm reliving all the scenes in my mind. Like it's so good. It it was a it was a fun watch, and it will definitely be in my rewatch list, possibly once a year. I don't know. Depends on how often T wants to watch it. Um, Icky, do you have anything else that you want to add? I I thought I heard something, and I wasn't sure. I thought I would check with you guys, Kyra, since you watch it so many times. I thought toward the beginning of the movie, when they were in the apartment, the two burglars, I thought that Riddler said that he used to have a cat named ACDC. I thought that was ironic. Did you catch that, or was I hearing something? You made reference to a cat named ACDC. I, I remember him talking about having a cat when he was younger, but I didn't. If he said a name, it didn't. I guess it didn't stick out to me. Yeah, I, I, I remember him talking about the cat bringing him bad luck, and then once the cat left, his life went downhill. But I'm like, I'm with her. I didn't ever hear an actual name that was given to said cat. Because I remember thinking that's way before the, the rock band ACDC was around. So they must have been talking about an actual electrical current. And then I made the connection when. The other cat's name was DC, and I thought, there's a connection. It all comes back together. Thanos, Riddler. <laughs> Maybe the cat's name was Julie Newmar. <laughs> or Wong Fu. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, do either of you have any more notes before we move into the hard-hitting, knock-down, drag-out portion of this show? I have four pages of notes. Okay, well, we will... <laughs> Turn the floor over to you, and we will sit back and listen and nod. <laughs> no, I just wrote down, like, everything that I thought was funny, which was pretty much the entire movie. All of it, yeah, all of it. I just had very low expectations until, um, like, I, I looked it up and saw that it had, like, 94% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And so I was like, oh, is this really going to be that good? <laughs> and I... It was. Laughed and laughed. I was delighted. And then three hours later, I, I was home alone the, when I watched it the first time. And then my family came home, and I was like, "You guys were watching this movie tonight. It's so good." And of course, 
it was just funnier the second time and I'm picking up things that I missed <laughs> first watch and they're just like, yeah, it's real fun. I'm like, no, it's so good. Well, now this was after you left them in the other room the previous week watching those Callaway. They, they left that on by choice. No one made them do it. <laughs> okay. that That's what we're going with. Okay. I got you. Actually, I, well, we're not talking about that movie, but he did say, like, at one point he was irritated with it and turned it off, I think, when they started building the house. Yeah, not a, not a bad part to turn the movie yeah. off. Yeah, like, he didn't miss anything. <laughs> Just leave it there. It ends on a happy note. Yes. It's like <laughs> Old Yeller does for Phoebe in <laughs> Friends. Um, anyways, no, I just, everything about this movie was wonderful. Like, I would go so far as to say it's near perfect it's like got suspense and drama and like the bad guys are a little scary but not too scary um it's got really smart comedy and slapstick like the perfect amount and the perfect mix of each of those um and then some romantic tension that's also very funny Mm -hmm. there's just nothing not to love about this yeah, this was actually a movie that I had a hard time actually stopping to to take because I actually found myself getting sucked in. And I was like, okay, so this is... Because I think it was right after you had actually posted on Facebook that you saw the 94% was when I actually started to watch it. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. Because sometimes people give things good ratings just because they're movie snobs, I guess. And it has to be a certain cinema verite with the art house style and the certain blue tint. No. This was definitely not that kind of a move. All right. Icky, you got anything else with your 38 pages of notes that you told me about earlier? (laughs) Hello. Say again? We got some funky stuff going on. Yes, we no, do. I'm good. I don't use, I don't take notes because I, it distracts me, takes me out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, we are going to move into the three hard hitting questions. The first one is, what is today's impact on this? Well, the surveillance. If the FBI was going to uh, tail a cat, the surveillance would be completely different, obviously, with all the technology. But I really think that this movie wouldn't be pot. Well, I'm sure creative people could find a way to make it work, <laughs> but like the way that technology has advanced so much, I mean, it would look totally differently. Well, let me, let me go ahead and stop you right there. If we're going to go the surveillance route, don't you think that the movie would never actually get made because the Riddler and Thanos are such well-known supervillains that they would have been caught <laughs> Moments after leaving the bank, and I was, I was taking you seriously. <laughs> like, where's this going? Well, okay. Stepping back from the fact that it's Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, and a guy that could have played Thanos in the 1960s version of the Avengers. If it's made today, I watch enough crime dramas that the instant that people leave a bank. You've got a trail of video cameras taking them step by step by step, turn, turn by turn, at least to the apartment complex where 
you know the little old lady downstairs going to turn informant so that way she doesn't lose her rent-controlled apartment. So would the movie actually get made? It probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I but don't think it was. I do agree that they that they would have had better technology, although the technology that they had for DC, which I don't know how I feel to mention, was pretty awesome for the 60s with a little oh, yeah. transponder and a... Um, microphone built into his collar i don't see why those weren't put more into play in actual and i'm sure they were i just didn't watch fbi and sleuth movies back in the 60s so yeah, and his little ghostbusters pke meter <laughs> oh my gosh, tracking yeah. where the cat was and also tracking where his future girlfriend is which was not as good yeah tracking where the girlfriend is Oh, that's then, another thing that would be different today. It's like if they were going to track the cat, they would have much better means of doing so now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They would just put a GPS right on the cat. Yeah. Which, if it's a good cat, they would have already had it chipped, so they wouldn't have had to have had that problem. Good point. But um, is there anything else that we can think of for the impact on the movie? I can't think of anything. Nope. Okay. All right. Is this movie mirrored in culture today? Icky? Disney. Well, you did say there was a remake, right? Yes. There's nothing, no presence that I know of in any of the parks. I had never heard of the movie, so it's not super well known. I mean, I think it's reminiscent, like you were saying, of a lot of the modern Law and Order or, you know, CSI type crime shows. I I definitely felt the vibe of, like, some of those type of shows. Mm -hmm. Kidnapped, trying to find ransom and. It was, it was intense for its time. I was really impressed. Okay. And the final question, which we'll probably get a little bit more discussion, is how does it fit into today's society? Or would it? I think we kind of already covered that, didn't we? It's kind of outdated. It couldn't couldn't really happen. Although people still do kidnap people. Yeah. Well, there's that. Still looks for people. And then you have a chauvinistic man, or two chauvinistic men, Forcing the woman to cook. Yeah, that oh. wouldn't that wouldn't go over well. That wouldn't happen in a Disney movie today. Although you do have the completely liberated canoe going in to make sandwiches. <laughs> Again he, with the air quotes. So he and Gregory are both like really pushy towards the sisters. Um, which I mean, if there was anything bad to say about this movie it would be that that was kind of gross. But um I mean that still happens today. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I I liked that they played it in a way that, I, without actually saying like it's gross that they're acting this way, it it was played that way. So like you were in on it and not just we think this is okay. Do we have anything else before we shut it down and try to track the cat for next week? <laughs> Good movie, high rewatchability factor. Yes, I agree. And we will definitely have something to compare it to in four or five years when we do get to the Christina Ricci event in the height of her movie Madness. I read that the remake was very poorly reviewed. Well, that makes me feel wonderful about watching it when we get to it. (laughs) But it... I almost watched it just for comparison's (laughs) sake. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to wait. Like, the original was too good. All right. Well, this will go ahead and wrap up the original That Darn Cat. For those of you who have stuck around through this, thank you for listening. 
Um, rate us, review us, send us feedback, put it on Icky's YouTube page, send us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Of course, the DMP stands for Disney Movie Pod, Disney Plus Movie Podcast. I'll keep forgetting that because we have expanded to more than just Disney movies with the future um, Teeth Band, which will be covered by Kyra and I probably in a one-shot Six episode mass watching. Um, but yes, send us email. Let us know what we got wrong because I know I make mistakes. I don't know about these two fine, upstanding folks. <laughs> I would be yeah. the Riddler in this group. I will take that. <laughs> um, your movie watching homework, which it actually isn't homework, it's another good movie, is The Ugly Dachshund. Also starring Dean Jones, which didn't even figure in until I started watching the credits. Yeah. So that will be the next episode. So until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of those back alleys when you got people following you. Night, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Okay, where's the duck? I beg your pardon? I want my duck! Your duck. If you please. I'm sorry, Gregory, I really don't know. Ooh, where is that sneaking, miserable gutter snipe? He's got my duck. What?